Shavua Tov. Yesterday in Mishnah Yomi, we began the 10th chapter in Yevamot. Today we're on Mishnah Bet, the second Mishnah thereof. Niset Olpid Bet Din. A widow or a presumed widow gets married with permission of Bet Din, permission of the court. Now we call yesterday, one witness came. So it was on the word of one person she got remarried, it had to go to court, and you know they, they checked it out, and we assume that she checked it out. As we explained yesterday, the Gemara makes an assumption that a woman will be very, very careful, very aware of the circumstances, try to do a thorough investigation before she relies on one person's testimony that her husband has passed away to get remarried. So if she got remarried through this one person testimony, through the court, Taitse, and the husband comes back, the original husband, she has to divorce, Peturim in a carbon, but she is exempt from a carbon. Now, normally, if somebody does such a grave infraction by mistake, they at least bring a carbon hatas, as we dis- discussed for breaking Shabbos, for doing a malacha, an activity on Shabbat, there's a carbon, and this carbon hatas is to atone for the mistake. But here, even though she made a mistake, it was really a mistake done through the decision of the court. The Mishnah gives the other case, she didn't remarry based on the court's permission, meaning two witnesses came and they said, we both saw together your husband passed away or we saw the dead body, whatever it is. If the real husband shows up, she has to divorce the second one. She can't, as we said yesterday, she can't remarry the first one. And she has to bring a carbon chatat in this case. Even though, yes, she relied on the testimony, it's still a mistake that she made. Basically, uh, it was her decision to rely on them. And so the Mishnah comments, So it, the strength of the court is greater that it exempts her from liability because it's also responsibility also rests on the sages of the court. If the court decided that she's allowed to remarry, the halcha, the kilkala, and she goes and, you know, ruins herself, meaning she doesn't get married, but she's involved intimately with someone else. Hayevet the carbon. She does bring a carbon when her original husband comes home. Shaloi terua elenose. The permission wasn't to go and be promiscuous. The permission was to go and get married. Now let's go on to Mishnah Gibel. So here is a variation. Her husband and his only son went overseas. And they came and they told her, unfortunately, your husband passed away. And the next day, unfortunately, the son also passed away. So in such a case, there was never an involvement of Yibam. Yibam and Chalitza was not required because there was existing offspring to the, the deceased husband uh, when he passed away. So she goes and marries some other guy. And afterwards, they tell her there was a there was a terrible mistake. We checked the records, we checked with the hospital. It was actually the opposite. So the son had passed away first, and then afterwards, her original husband passed away, which means she should have received a chalitza or been married in Yibam by the surviving brothers. She has to divorce the new husband. And a child she has from this husband, whether this child was conceived before or after this corrected testimony, Mamzer, is illegitimate, unfortunately. Amrullah, next case, they told her, Met b'neich, your son died overseas. Afterwards, the husband died. So we assume she needs a Yibam or Chalitza. And she married in Yibam one of her deceased husband's brothers. 
presumably deceased in this case. Well, actually he was. They told her, we checked the records. We were wrong. The son had actually uh, perished after the husband, so there was no mitzvah of Yibam. If there's no mitzvah of Yibam, that's actually an Avera, a serious Avera of somebody marrying the wife of his brother. Taitse, she has to divorce the Yavam, the brother, and any children in this relationship are illegitimate. Now, this is a Mamzer according to everyone. In the first case, it was the, she should have received Yibam in the first case and went and married someone unrelated, not one of the brothers. That's only a Mamzer according to Rabbi Akiva, but the Halacha and the Gemara says we don't pass in like that. But in this case, it was a man marrying the wife of his brother when there was no mitzvah of Yibam. So everyone agrees that's an Isser Karet of spiritual excision. So the Vlad would be Mamzer according to everyone. That's one of the amazing, the amazing features of Yibam is that it's a, it's a humongous mitzvah. It's a tremendous mitzvah to bring an heir into the world for the, to take the place of the deceased. But if it's done incorrectly and, he, and uh, there wasn't a mitzvah involved, then it's a terrible avera to marry the wife of one's brother. Mishnah goes on. Amrullah, they told her, Met balich, your husband passed away. Veniset, and she gets remarried. Acharkach, Amrullah, kayim chaya. He was actually alive at the time you got remarried, but now he's passed away. To understand it could come up, he was in the hospital, he was on life support, and they thought he was dead, and, and he was able to be revived, but at the time they thought he was dead, someone sent a messenger out, you know, he's overseas, someone sent a message to the wife, and it turns out he was resuscitated, and he lived for another six months, it could be. So, it could be. So, a child conceived before the actual date of death is an illegitimate child. The first husband was alive, so the second marriage was meaningless, was adulterous. But if she had conceived a child after the actual date of death of the first husband, then it was not a mamzer, it was a valid child. Amrullah, next case, they told her, your husband has passed away overseas, and she goes and receives Kiddushin. Someone gives her a ring, the first stage of a Jewish marriage. Now, at this stage of Kiddushin, she's a married woman, but they're not living together. They haven't gone to chuppah. They haven't moved in together. And then the original husband does show up. Turns out the testimony was wrong. She can go back to the original husband. Of course, the second Kiddushin was meaningless because no one can do Kiddushin on a married woman. That's a meaningless act. And even though we make the second one, who was never really a husband, give a get, this get does not make her unable to marry a Kohen, doesn't make her a grusha. At Zaydor Shrabi Elazar ben Matia, and Rabbi Elazar ben Matia explained this is hinted to in the Pasuk, Isha Grusha Meisha. It disqualifies a Kohen from marrying a woman who's divorced from her husband. But not from a random guy who did Kedushin, but it was a meaningless Kedushin, and he was never really her husband. Yashko Chachem and Zaygizunt.